What is going on, everybody? This is Party Card Sports Disc Golf Edition. I'm Cody with my co-host, Nate. Yeah, boys are back at it again with the disc golf. Another weekend of disc golf. We finally get an off weekend, and then we go through the brutal amateur tournament of GBO. That's going to be rough. GBO. But before we get anywhere close to GBO, short shout-outs for last weekend. Party card and flock member Justin Harb gets his first MPO win. Fucking bagger. Finally moves up to MPO. Yeah. Quotation marks about moving up. Played against two, only two people. Still had to play him. Still played really well. Kelsey gets another big B-tier win in the FA2 division. So party card once again does not get skunked party for card, the weekend. Party card doesn't miss on weekends, boys. Well, no. Uh, I guess, no, we do have people playing this weekend. We but, do? Yeah, up in Topeka, I believe. They better not let the party card down. Mm, we'll see. We will see. Uh, there was posts just now in uh, in our group chat that are asking if we want to go play in a C-tier tomorrow. Nah. <laughs> get at, a little, a, at a little part two birdie or die course? Get, nah. Get, get a little medicine given to you last week, so now you don't want to play in the tournament until GBO? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Want to want to want to save my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, because it's gonna be falling uh, off. I I had to miss a week end of golf, which kind of sucked. I would say uh, I was forced to work. Mm. Forced. Forced. Uh, voluntold. Voluntold. And uh, I guess it's not a hundred percent a bad thing to take a weekend off. But well, you're gonna take two weekends off. But it's. No, I'll, I'll be. You can play tomorrow. Uh, maybe, maybe. I might. I might just go play a funsy round tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe. But yeah, and then and all leads up to GBO. And I might just save my arm for GBO because we're gonna be throwing a ton in three days. Uh I'm gonna be throwing. A I mean, ton. you're gonna be throwing a ton. I'm. I'm still gonna be throwing a ton, but you'll be throwing. You'll be throwing double ton. You'll yeah, be full about, size. About, about two thousand feet further yeah. every day. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I am so I I've been You're there. not jealous. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's not even my game. <laughs> I'm not even good at that. Like literally, I it's a detriment to my game when I try to go out and keep up with bombers. Hey, you were throwing the disc pretty far today. Yeah, and look what happened. Just it took it just took one bad shot to spiral. Yeah. It happens. Happens to the best of us. Tell me about it. I threw four OB four fucking times last weekend on one hole. I know. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited though for GBO. Let me let me hear your expectations for GBO. Honestly, playing against a bunch of good players over, from all over the nation. I looked at the roster. People from Maryland. People from Minnesota. People from Washington. Ratings off the charts. Uh in the advanced division, a couple people at 960. I think there might have been one person at. Just below the 975 cutoff, but small handful of people at 960, a couple people at 940, 950, but I'm 930, so that's just saying that per ratings, they're only a couple strokes better than me, but I feel like my rating's pretty padded. <laughs> yeah. So you pretty much have no expectation of actually winning. Oh, absolutely. Or, po- no. or podium? Podium? Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, I so would, in the off chance that you do, what, what's what's gonna happen? Off chance, your boys are gonna get fucking locked. <laughs> I think we're that, gonna get live. That's what's way. gonna happen because if your boy finds a way, if I find a way in the top ten, uh, as soon as I turn in my card, the boys are buzzing. We're getting fucking sloshed. <laughs> I think no matter what, we're gonna be buzzing and having fun. Oh, absolutely. But no, my realistic expectations is my my real goal. It's top third. I want to be top third. I'll be happy with top fi- top fifty percent, but top third, top thirty three percent is my is what I'm shooting for. So out of a hundred and twenty some odd, is that forty? I I hear you. I'm I'm trying to kind of think. I'm thinking of doing something similar to that for expectations. I'm thinking twenty five percent would be cool. You know, if I was in the top twenty five percent, that'd so be dope. Top twenty five, and your I division, think, your division's got like eighty some odd players yeah, in it. I think realistically, though, uh, top forty percent would be, you know, so pretty good. So 
what you're saying is is that we're shooting for about 40th place. Yeah, because for both of us. I mean, let's be real. Um, there's gonna be guys that are way better, in, even in my division, because I decided to move back down because it's a big tournament, and right. I knew that there's gonna be people that are so much better. Um, so I moved back down. But even in my lower division, MA two, and your higher division, MA one, there's there's gonna be pros playing in your division. Oh yeah, easily that are just that when they go to their home leagues, your local pros, they're yeah. playing pros. If they if they're local leagues that beat here. Or B tier tournaments, C tier tournaments, they're all pro. That can even happen in MA2 because of just their rating. Right. Absolutely. So, so that that's the competition you see in A tiers. People are trying to gather points. They're trying to make it to Am World. All this type of stuff is happening. So that's why we're saying, like, oh, top 50 means like you're actually pretty decent. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being average, okay? <laughs> I made my whole life being average, and I did pretty dang good. But on the off chance, the offshoot that somehow the outline, the the stars align, and I win this tournament or podium in this tournament, boys are fucking buzzing. Not only be I be excited and ecstatic and you know pumped up, but then I'll also be slightly sad. And you know why? Because I'll never be allowed to play MA two ever again. Why? At our leagues, oh yeah, you will. or tournaments because everybody will just be like that dude was podium in a big A in a big A tier. Yeah, okay. So, hey, you you moved up pretty much I just, where we're at now. I personally, you, I want that a trophy sitting in ducks with our names on it, just plastered on the like. This is what yo. This is what party cards all about this is what ducks is all about this is what the flock is all about fucking w's we get w's at eight tier tournaments cody gets w's at eight tier tournaments yeah. nate just shows up hey man it'd be dope all you have to do is put it together you've played pretty good rounds yeah. at a at a country club at clap before so yeah, yeah. it's just add two thousand just feet. add two thousand feet no fucking big deal and that's on the law but you get to play shorts once yeah and it's not much shorter i think <laughs> overall it plays, I, it plays about 800 feet shorter i think that's so that's so brutal to have to play a ten thousand foot course three times what's nuts is is they sent us the caddy book last night or yesterday afternoon and i look at it and i'm thinking oh, it's an amateur tournament they're gonna give us a break right no nah. Absolutely We're playing not. the exact same MPO layout they played last year for DDO. Same OBs. I thought, for sure they're going to give us the cart path OB. Nope, they walked that shit all the way in. Wow. Yeah. We're playing, See, we're, and I, I we're have playing really all nothing, the OBs. I have nothing to look back unless I wanted to look back like freaking four or five years ago. Because... They redid East and West. Yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's kind of the basically the same courses. But... Uh, the pros haven't played there in like four or five years. Right. And if, if so we're playing Peter Pan too. Pros haven't played there in forever. I don't think ever. I don't know. So not like the top tier touring pros. No. Right? I I just but for you guys, man, I've played that. I you know what? I haven't played that course. I played nine holes in that course and I wanted to die. <laughs> it was hot. And we were hammered. And it was back when we sucked. Yeah. <laughs> when we could average throw like 300, yeah. maybe. Now I can throw 380, so it's a little bit better. It's a little better. A little better. But I think nonetheless, you know, play really well, still have a good time, play really bad. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe Let shit. me ask you something. You go out there, you shoot above your rating, you shoot, like, let's say, combined three rounds, you end up shooting a neg eight. But you end up below the 50 mark. How are you feeling about that? I feel like somebody fucking shot lights out. <laughs> somebody? You mean a whole lot of somebody's. Because yeah. what I'm thinking is, per round, I'm thinking top touring pros can shoot 10, 8 to 10 on country club. Sometimes 11, depending on the conditions. So I'm thinking probably 
four at most, four down per round. So if I can even shoot even and then maybe get one or two down around, I'll be happy. One or two down around? Yeah. I uh, Going over the game plan, going over the film, because I'm not going to get a fucking so, practice around there. There's so much OB oh, yeah. out there. It's we'll we'll kind of get into all the OBs. And, well, not specifically about that, but, you know, tournaments and the egregious amount of OBs. I just remember the last <laughs> the last time uh, we were at GBO. I think it was still called GBO when we went. Uh, is that if you just miss by a little bit, you can be in so much trouble oh, yeah. so fast. And it's that's kind of weird for a ball golf course that it's like, if you miss, you miss bad. I mean, now... The way the way it plays is if you miss, you just go OB. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of natural OB on, on Country Club. It's just if you miss, you're OB. You know, the one thing I'm nervous about, though, is that they just put back in Jones East and West, right? I've never played any of these cars. Well, I've, I've played Jones East and West back when Jones East and West was still there, but they just put them back in. I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to be playing all these courses Pretty much blind. It's good. Playing courses blind is great because you don't know what to expect. You're playing the the hole right in front of you the first time, so you're not going to get super aggressive unless it's a shot that you already know how to throw. And basically, I'm playing my disc at that point. Exactly. I'm I'm playing like okay. I know it's this far. I'm gonna throw. This is what I would throw back home. Let's throw it here. Exactly. I'm not taking any pre-notions into it. Not being like, well, I usually throw this, this, but it's kind of windy here or there. And no. I'm just being like, it says 260, and it's to the left. So I'm going to throw a badger, <laughs> you know? Right. That's my 260 disc. What's really going to be interesting is the weather. Because it's going to get a little moist all next week. Here, Here's the kicker. You've played in the rain. I love playing in the rain. I've played in the rain. All of our group has played in the rain. Well, most of our group has played in the rain before. Has yeah. had that experience. Most of our group has played in the, the the gusting winds, as most people probably from Kansas has. Absolutely. Unless you're a fair weather person. I think weather actually plays to our advantage Plays to my advantage. Because you know what you can do in that raining situation. You may not try to overdo it. And you don't know how bad that's going to affect other people. Yeah. The great thing about not throwing hard is that I don't have to grip my disc very hard. So when it starts raining, I don't have to grip my disc very hard. I will say that we're going to be bringing a lot of towels. Because I've heard it is going to be wet. Yeah. Your boy's already stacked. The bag's already loaded. I'm a, I'm already thinking about I'm br- I'm definitely bringing my paratrooper bag with me just in case cuz I would rather my paratrooper bag get wet and then the next day I can put everything back into a dry cart. Oh, that's a good dude. Don't let anyone tell you but you're pretty or don't let anyone not tell you. You're pretty <laughs> smart. And then go out the next day with a dry cart and dry discs and everything. Oh, and yeah. just leave that paratrooper back somewhere else to dry out. That's fucking genius. So I'm definitely going to prepare for that. Uh, obviously, are you bringing, are you bringing a, like a good stack of backup discs with oh, you? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I asked mom if we could take an extra bin just for our backups. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how, what other things are you doing to prepare for this? Anything at all? Uh, no. No. Hydration, well, no. fitness. Yeah, beer. <laughs> fitness. Uh, I didn't lift this week. I'm not going to lift next week. Uh, I, think gonna, I think I'm going to still, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop it down with weights because I've been doing weights uh, for the past couple months because I feel like if I don't do it, I'll get fat again. And then, or more fat than I already am. <laughs> and then I'm probably going to just stick to my cardio a little more. I'm probably just going to do a similar run, maybe a little longer, just get the blood flowing. Get that heart rate up to 160. Spend some time in the sauna. I can tell you that I am bringing all the provisions. I'm bringing my TENS unit. I'm bringing my ice packs. I'm bringing my massage gun. I'm going to have all the treatments. I'm going to have my BioFreeze cream. 
Your boy's gonna be ready to treat my shoulder, my back, my elbow, my what, knee, everything. What about mental pain? Uh, yeah, no, we can get that liquor store four two, four, <laughs> four two all day. Every That's day. what I was alluding to. <laughs> we'll, we'll have the the house we'll is gonna the, be stocked twenty four seven. Oh, for sure. I think no so. We'll have to try very hard to not just turn it into a party. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we may the, not be welcome back at this Airbnb. No, don't say that. Don't say that. We, we've always, out of all, out of all the times that we've gotten messed up and gone to other places and Airbnbs, we've never trashed one. No, no, no. Um, but it's gonna we. It's gonna be a party. It is. Hey, if all of us start shit in the bed, hammer time. It's gonna be party time. Hammer time. But also, if we all start playing really well. Hammer time. It's good party time because guess what? <laughs> then you don't have to get up till like noon to go exactly. play. Like I told everyone today at the shop, if I'm playing good, that means I don't have to be off till later in the afternoon, so I can get pretty shitty at night. But if I'm playing shitty and I have to go off early in the morning, I'm already playing shitty. Might as well get pretty fucking shitty. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about us. A little bit about the pros. Last weekend, Blue Ridge Championship course absolutely riddled with OBs. Silver Series. Very technical course, too. The course looked great. I mean, it was a course that I would really like to play. Maybe not, you know, uh, competitively with how the OBs played. But the course looked amazing. And Harper's like, you know, it's only 15 hours away. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if I would drive 15 hours to go play there. But, I mean, it'd be nice. Maybe if there was, like, a big tournament there. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know if we're just going to play there. I mean, what else is in North Carolina? Not. Yeah. My brother's not there anymore, so no reason to go. But, as you said, what is you it? were going to bring up the Jomez Pro Oh, yeah. Curse. I think it's safe to say Jomez lead card curse is, is, a, is a real deal now. It's a real deal. Again. Your winner for MPO comes off the chase card. Ganon Barra shoots lights out in the second round, or in the third round, final round. Comes back, takes it down. I think one wins by two strokes. Wins by two. Yep. Versus Bradley Williams. Calvin misses his first podium in, for the season. Surprise, kinda, surprise. Kind of surprised, but as well as everyone else played and how there was so much OB, you know, it's, it's very understandable. Ricky stays really strong with his comeback, finishing sixth. Isaac uh, Isaac Robinson put is again in the top ten, making moves. He's he's a good player. Just well, I'm sure we're going to talk about him here in a few minutes. I'm sure we will. But he's last year he stayed kind of at the top, never really quite made that push until later on in the season. This year he's putting himself in the mix a lot more frequently. Here at the front end of the season, maybe he gets one or two dubs. Maybe he gets one this week. I like these scores, by the way. Were neg not- 18, neg 16, neg 14, neg 13, neg 12. You know, Compared to the, what we're used to seeing, 33, 35, 38 for three rounds. I mean, um, if you just look at the scores from yesterday and today and compare them to the three rounds here, people are already shooting better than this. Yeah. In two days. And, I mean, W.R. Jackson, that they're playing for the Champions Cup, is not an easy course. No. But they play it so much and so frequently on tour and probably for other events that, you know, they're pretty used to it. It's the same yeah. layout. That yeah, course for Blue Ridge was a brand new brand course new. tour. Brand new. Very technical. Uh, scary. Um, greens, you'd say greens, yeah. scary Gre- greens. Yeah, I'm protect- putting quotation marks around greens because sometimes there's no green around the green. Yeah, sometimes there's there stones around the green. There's for once a sand bunker played as a as a putting surface, yeah. as a putting green. That was kind of yeah. weird. It was it was a very interesting course. I actually quite enjoyed it. Uh for FPO, I mean, there, there's nothing to talk about. Chris Tatar still shows why she's the best female disc golfer. Okay. On tour, winning by nine strokes. Own Scoggins, you know, she's back on the podium this time this season. Back, back, back. Back, 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 back. Tied for third. Other than that, FPO, kind of lackluster. Like, Kristen Tarr just 
It's almost getting repetitive. It's it's almost at that point where we used to just see Paige Pierce in the tournament. Like, ah, well, shit. We know who's going to win. I mean, Tatar is just that same type of player right now. I'm not saying that it's not interesting because it's great to watch her play. But it is at that point where we'll see. if she's playing and, and she's playing good, her at her best versus any other player in the FPO field at their best, it's her all day, every day, 100% I just, of the time. I just can't wait to see when someone tests her. She's been tested, and she and wins. She, oh, no. No. No, no, no. She fails. La- the first time she ever really got tested she's was last year at the Championships Cup. She goes in. She's up a stroke on Paige Pierce. And four puts it for a loss on, on the on the tournament. I'm just I'm just waiting to see someone really pressure her and see where what she can do. The difference between Krista Tatar being pressured and every other FPL player being pressured is she still plays good. She still finds a way to place we'll in the top ten when other top players, Paige Pierce, we'll get see. pressured, they fall way off the pace. We'll see. Why she's shooting over par right now. She's injured. And she Allegedly. she's injured and is playing Allegedly. the course blind because she was injured and couldn't play any she, practice she's playing. She's playing the course blind. She just won it last year. It's the same course. Nah. It's the exact same course. Exact same setup. Yeah. It's totally different. Same course. No. Same setup. You put, They play hundreds of thousands. They play hundreds and hundreds of courses each year. They don't just play these major tour event courses. So? Totally don't remember them. It's not like they definitely it's, remember. It's not like their hometown courts where they just know exactly. You you can ask all these pros if they just remembered them. Why would they show up three four days early to practice all week? Maybe something changed. And she's been injured. You don't you don't you don't go after Eagle McMahon for his elbow being messed up. I do. You don't go after Ricky Wysocki for getting Lyme disease. You yeah, just don't like Paige Pierce, and that's fine. That's whatever. No one's also calling Eagle McMahon the best disc golfer in their division. No one's calling Ricky Wysocki the best disc golfer in that division. Hold up now. Hold up. You're the one still saying that Paige Pierce is better than Krista Tatar, and the stats don't show it. She is. She's not. She's still better. No. Yep. Now, I wouldn't argue that Paige Pierce has had a better career thus far, but to say that Paige Pierce at this point in time, regardless of injury, is better than Tatar, absolutely fucking not. Tatar is a way better disc golfer as of now. She is on a hot streak and Paige is struggling. That's, that's She was on a hot streak true. last year. That's true. But as an all-around disc golfer, Tatar's better. Is still better. No. Give it give if she yeah. wins another worlds, then we can hand it off. We can move on. Two worlds against five? Like I said, then we're move then we're passing yeah. the torch. Like I said, no one's gonna argue that Paige it's Pierce hasn't like, had a better career. It's just like it's just like Paul when the first year he moved to Discraft, he was struggling a little bit. Everybody's like, oh no, he's falling off. Then he won a world championship. That was his first year with Discraft, he won the worlds. Yeah, but he started off really bad. Like he started off the year not playing very good. Everybody thinks he falls off and he comes steamrolling back once in the worlds. What happens if you're talking about this smack? And then Paige Pierce comes back and wins Worlds. That's great. She showed it from one tournament. But if you look at the entire season, are you going to say that she had the best season out of everybody? Out of all the tournaments, there's like, out of all the tournaments, there are only three that people talk about. That's USDGC. Yeah. The, the what is it called? PGA Championship? Or what? what's it? Worlds, USDGC. So... PDGA Worlds, yes. USDGC, yes. and then the DGPT Championship. DGPT Championship. That's what I was going to say. Those are the only three people talk about. No so, one cares. So what you're saying is is that if there was somebody that could qualify for USDGC, which is a major, uh-huh. PDGA Worlds, which is a major, yes. they don't have to play on the Pro Tour, and they got into those two tournaments and won. Some scrub won both of those. They're the best player in the world. Is that what well, you're you saying? Well, you would think so. You think so, right? You're fucking outrageous for saying that. That's like when a horse wins the Triple Crown and they come out of nowhere. That's their she biscuit. 
Ah, I don't get horse racing. Most the all the listen, horses that I know that won the triple crown. Listen to this. Everyone thought was gonna win. If if your girl Tatar goes in and wins all three of those events, then you can go ahead and call her the best female player so, of all time. So if she doesn't win either one of those events, yet podiums every single tournament from here on out in the pro tour. It's like making it to the playoffs without winning a Super Bowl. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. It's like it's like you're the number one seed in the NCAA tournament and a 16 seed beats you. But that that's a team accomplishment versus being an individual competing it's as like an individual being the, all your It's all like your being long. the points leader in NASCAR and then losing reference. in the chase. I don't get that reference. Well, you needed a singles event, so I gave it to you. I feel like NASCAR is a little bit more luck than it is skill and technique. Well, that's because you don't know shit about racing. No, I don't. I would. I would. It basically, it's like no matter what, you could win every single tournament all year, but if you don't win the three important ones, it's a loss. So we were to say, if somebody an individual, let's say in the FPO, since that's where we're arguing. Doesn't podium, doesn't win a pro tour event, but wins either USDGC Worlds or the DGPT Championship. They're they're amazing. They're the best FPO player for that year. You're fucking outrageous. What do you mean? <laughs> Somebody that doesn't show up all year and then plays one tournament, one good weekend. You're talking, and they're about, the best they player. Still have to, so they still have to qualify, right? So they're still like the top. 50 woman in the world. Dude, there's a bunch of names that are playing in today. This weekend's major. Yes, I don't fucking but know. But they change each week. What changes? FPO doesn't always stay the same. It can be by state. I don't understand what you're trying so to say. So in other words, the, we're talking about the top 50 all over the United States, right? Sure. And the world. Because people come in right. from England and wherever else they play disc golf. <laughs> And so, yeah, this tournament was in North Carolina. So, yeah, the same, like, top 25 girls that tour everywhere are going to be there. The other 25 to 30 people, yeah, no one knows who the fuck they are because they're probably just some randoms from fucking North Carolina or the surrounding states. I mean, all over the nation, but sure. And so we're talking about the top 50 in the world that have to qualify for this tournament. So, yes, if the number 50 woman that's qualified for Worlds and USDGC and the PGA National, uh, whatever the fuck it's called, wins, <laughs> then, yeah, she's the best person that year. That is so stupid. <laughs> she qualified and won. That's like, that's like, that's, that's like the... 16 seeds for the for the championship. So you're you're telling me that if the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl, yes. they would not be the, the best team in the league last year. No. It's a wash of the season. So it's Super Bowl bust. Okay. We're gonna go ahead and move on because I I can't I, I just cannot keep going on in the circle if with the, you about if this. If the Eagles would have won that game, were they the Champion, best team in the NFL? Champions Cup. Yes. Yes, they would have no. been. No. Yes, they would have no. been. Oh my gosh. Okay. Champions Cup. Your guy, right says, your guy that says all the time, what, are, what did you do for me lately? And to end the year, she lost. That's not what you can do for me lately. Who lost? We're saying, hypothetically, someone else wins other than Tatar. You're, you're what did you do for me lately? Well, she didn't win Worlds for you lately. But what you do all season? It doesn't matter what she did all season if she can't finish the season. The, the season's a whole spectrum. So you're telling me that if I go 1-16, as long as I win that last game, I'm the best team that week. I'm the best team in the league. You have to qualify. Because I won the one game. You had to qualify, didn't one you? Weekend. You had to qualify, didn't you? Are I'll, you qualifying played, at 1-16? I played one weekend. Are you weekend. qualifying at 1-16? I don't know. Are you making it to the playoffs in 1-16? No. No. So you have to qualify to make it into these things. So you're saying if I qualify bottom and I walk in, I play the best week in my life, I'm the best player. You're goddamn for the whole right season. you are. You're just like in the NCAA. Yeah, one game is all it takes. No, I guess. I guess in the it NCAA takes four rounds. Yeah. It takes four rounds. And just the, like the best in the NCAA tournament takes six. And I, th- I think oh, we're gonna get way off topic. 
Champions Cup, first PDJ major, full roster of MPO and FPO, all live. WR Jackson, we already talked about it. Very technical course, very challenging course. Not riddled by OBs like Blue Ridge, but very, very natural OBs. Very tight lines, very aggressive lines that you have to take to give yourself birdie looks. Ah, oh, where am I at? So, what kind of happened Thursday? A guy that I kind of called out last week, James we, Conrad, got off to a huge start. Fiery start. Are we going to give him an update on our picks? No, we're going to do the last. Okay. We're going to do that after this. Uh, James Conrad shows up first round, shoots really good. What did he shoot, 11? Shot 10. Shot 10 in the first round, then he shot 9 today, sitting tied for second as of now. Tied for second. Had the course record for a whopping, like, hour, hour and a half. Until Isaac Robinson Robinson came in and was like, hold my beer, shot 11 down, held the course record. See, and... I could see James Conrad shooting well on this course because it suits his game because he is, although he has good power, good distance, he does play very well in the woods and some, he doesn't have a forehand, but a lot of these forehand holes do suit a, like a putter turnover or a mid range turnover, which he's one of the best, which, uh, yeah, I probably would say he currently is one of the best turnover putter throwers, turnover, mid range throwers on the pro tour. Isaac Robinson, kind of surprised. I know he's been very good lately. He did very well at the end of last season. He's starting pretty solid this season. I didn't know that he could play this well in in tight lines. Very solid. Very solid. He's been on heater this year to start out. You've you've talked about him uh, here as recently as two weeks ago when you thought about picking him. Yep. And you've told me that he was... In the top ten multiple times this year already, so maybe he might, maybe he makes his first push at a major. Major, absolutely. Like right now, he's winning by one stroke or two strokes. One stroke, Actually, one ahead strokes. of Silas Schultz. So Silas Schultz. Silas Schultz, which uh, told James Conrad and Isaac Robinson to hold his beer today because he shot minus twelve. So. I mean, a guy that I'm not completely familiar with. I have no idea yeah, who never, he is. Never seen his name. Uh, FPO, you know, it's kind of becoming a two-horse two race after the first two rounds. Tatar's up four or five strokes on Katrina Allen. She shot, Tatar shot eight or nine down in the first round. And I, then. I didn't have that pulled up. Sorry. Uh, shot pretty solid today. I did watch the first round coverage for FPO just because there was not a lot going on. Yeah, Tatar shot seven seven today, so she picked up a whole nother stroke on Allen. She shot. So right now she's sitting at 16, Tatar. And then Allen is five strokes back at 11. And then Cat Merch rounds out the top three at nine down. Cat Merch is someone that, you know... Last year, she ended very well. This year, she kind of got off to a slow start, and now she might be ready to make a push. But unless Tatar really struggles, I I don't see Cat Merch making up that many strokes. Katrina Allen very well could make a push because when her putting is on, she's one of the best players in the FPO field. So I, I was doing a little clicking through this um... – Solace Schultz, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But he's really only been touring for the past three years. And he's young. Like, he is... He only started playing in 2015. Uh, obviously, doesn't give me his uh, actual, like, information. Oh, but, no but, blood type or anything? But <laughs> he was playing in junior events... 2018, he's playing in a junior event. Uh, let's see here. Junior uh, over 15. What's the little the little mark with the under at? Like this way towards the number? Under 15. Under 15. So, yeah, he's still, he's still playing junior 15. God, I hope I'm, I hope I'm that good when I get that age. In 2018. So, Jesus. if he was... 
15 and under in 2015, he's barely 18, maybe 19 years old. Must be nice. So he's a, he's a pretty young guy. Only to, only been touring for probably three years. Is he, and he's making a push right now at a major. That's pretty. Yeah. I would say his uh his profile his profile picture is pretty interesting. You know he doesn't look that young on his profile picture. <laughs> I hope I'm not wrong, but it definitely has showed that he played in the juniors match in uh, 2018. So. You tell me this guy. It's well, a nice Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, just came out of nowhere, though. Yeah. Like I said, I, I haven't heard of him, never seen his name, anything. So it'll be interesting to see if he can still hang in there with the likes of Isaac Robinson, James Conrad. Who else rounds out lead card for the third round? But is it the, but is it the week? Is it the week? What the week of the curse? Probably broken. I I don't know. I mean, they're it's still ra- they're still pretty out. tight. It's rounded out with Nicholas Antilla. Antilla. Yeah. Antilla. And who's the who's the next four after that? Eagle, Mason Ford, Simon Lazar, AB. Wow. Heavy hitters on the on yeah, the back that, end. I mean, Simon Lazar's you know over the last couple of years has definitely made a name for being. You know, pretty solid technical thrower. Eagle, you know, has been hit and miss on technical courses. AB Surprising to see AB there. AB very hit and miss on technical courses. I did see that he shot really well today. He had to skip in to save par. He shot a 55 today. I I wouldn't be surprised to see AB fall off. I wouldn't be surprised at all. He shot one off from that that Schultz kid. Yeah. And he tied with Robinson today. So, same with Lazat. Lazat did the exact same thing. So this, this I came in and shot minus twelve. All the other names shot basically minus eleven. Eleven and ten. Paul yeah. shot ten today, which we'll go ahead and kind of carry on to our party card pickums. To wrap out last week's pickums, you ended up with Gannon Burr, and he absolutely destroyed. Them. Yeah, uh, he yeah. did. He did Gannon Burr things. So not only did you win because win one point because Gannon Bird beat I don't even remember who I picked because oh James Proctor because he shit the bed in the last round and he at that time he was only like two strokes back of Gannon and he pooped the bed so you got one point for Gannon beating Proctor then you got another point for Gannon winning the whole thing so you got two points last weekend so now you're leading the series two to one let's go we did everything off mic because of. Uh, the, ma- the major starting on Thursday. It's kind of hard not to get spoilers anymore. The For way two rounds. Yeah, it, it's super hard. So yeah. if we were scrolling, I mean, I was just scrolling through Facebook and saw that James. Well, no, that was our group chat that said James Conrad yeah. shot minus ten and had the course record. It, and the then round, yeah. and then I was scrolling through Facebook and Isaiah Robinson's minus eleven showed up on there. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard to. We would have had to have been like, yeah, we're not looking at social media for the next two days. The next 48 hours. Which, honestly, not a bad thing. Yeah, I got to have it. There's not a lot to do on third shift. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, we did we did the coin toss. We won the coin toss. Uh, I drew the three. Cody drew the six. So I cannot pick the top three players on the UDISC rankings. Cody couldn't pick the top six. Cody got the first pick with the higher card. He goes Chris Dickerson. Really good pick. Chris Dickerson, number seven on the I wanted to go Eagle, but Eagle was in the spot that I couldn't, which was number six. Yes. Sad day. Uh, I went, well, first of all, why'd you go with Dickerson? Uh, He's been on a hot streak. Heaters. Uh, He should have won Music City Open. Mm -hmm. He finished um, top. 10 for sure in the Blue Ridge. Let me look to make sure I'm not talking out of my butthole. Uh, he's finished top 10. He's number nine. And he's just been on a heater, you know? And he's very, he's good at technical stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that's, there's a, a reason, hand, there's a, a reason hand. why in the All Star uh, event, Paul changed Chris Dickerson to. Um, that throwing challenge or whatever, the hit the spots or whatever challenge, accuracy. Yeah. It's because the dude knows what he's doing. Yeah. He is a guru with the disc. 
I went Paul McBeth. Because you, be- you had to. One, because I couldn't go Calvin, because I had the number three. I couldn't go Ricky. And the only other guy I had on my list that I talked myself out of was James Conrad. I talked myself out of James Conrad because in his last three finishes, he finished 59th, 81st, and 58th. Dookie. And as much as I thought the course was going to suit his game, that he was not going to do well. I was fucking wrong. I thought Paul McBeth, is, he's about due for one. He struggled in his last pro tour event, Music City. I thought that was because he played the little dink and dunk course. Uh, he's been struggling throw, all year. At Throw Down the Mountain. I thought that since he didn't play the Silver Series last weekend at Blue Ridge, that he was already in North Carolina getting his practice rounds, getting his reps at W.R. Jackson. His first round would suggest that he did not get enough practice. Struggled the first round, but came back hot second round, shot 10, and now is only three strokes back of Chris Dickerson, so we got a little bit of a battle. And three strokes in two days on W.R. Jackson, very doable, especially with Paul McBeth. But if you had, before the tournament started, if you had to pick Chris Dickerson or Paul McBeth, I would have also picked Chris Dickerson. Yeah. But yep. he wasn't available to me because I picked him week our first week of this. I won't be I will be available to pick him next week if I draw the right cards. And I want an eagle. Don't ask me why. Just just feel like he's due for one, huh? But I, I yeah. I like Eagle. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's Simon with. I think Simon was ranked like Fifth or, or fourth or fifth or something like that. I do not remember. But I think neither. I don't think either of us could have took Simon. I could have. Because I just couldn't get Burr, Wysocki, or Calvin. Because Simon's been on a heater. Simon, Simon was at four in the U disc rankings, so yeah. I I could have picked Simon, but I didn't like him. In Honestly, though, course. on a technical course, you might pick Paul. Paul Paul doesn't hit miss lines very often. Although I watched. A video of him. I don't know what hole it was in the first round, but he straight squared a tree 15 feet in front of him. Paul? Yeah. He's trying to throw, a, I believe it's a mid-range turnover, and absolutely just squares a tree right in front of him. And I'm like, it happens to the best. Yes. <laughs> Makes me feel better about myself. You know, you know what's terrible? I have a feeling you're about you to tell me. You may think that that was so awful, but he still shot a... 10 14 rated round. Must yeah, be fucking nice. And today he shot a 10 58. God, man. I wish I had one of those rounds one day. But to wrap up, Pickums, you got Dickerson. I got Macbeth. Dickerson's got a three stroke lead on Macbeth. Two rounds left. Hopefully. You never know when I can Paul tie- goes off for 18. Exactly. I don't think anyone's shooting 18 at WR Jackson. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, you never know. Uh, Honestly, right now, I'm actually gonna. I know. I know. I need to be pulling for Chris Dickerson, but I'm actually pulling for AB to come to come back and win this boy. And I know he's not much of a technical guy, but man, this would be a, a huge win for a guy that has been really pushing. Has been close, but just can't yeah. get the job done. Yeah. And I, I, I've always liked AB. I, I've always been an AB over Calvin guy when it came to like, uh, just who I thought. You know, it's kind of like. Uh, Paul versus Ricky back in the day, you know, either you like going for Ricky or you like going for Paul. And at the beginning of the career, they're both young. And it was like, either you go for Calvin or you go for AB. And I was like, I'm like you know, what? I'm gonna be a dark horse. I'm gonna go for, I'm gonna go for AB. And he just, he just hasn't quite gotten there. And I want him to get this. I, I don't know how I would feel about him winning on WR Jackson. Just because it doesn't suit what we're used to seeing from AB of no. just absolute mashed Smush potatoes fest. in open field. Yeah, uh, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. It'd be a weird one for him to win for like a, be, his first big major. But it would be amazing for him, and maybe that jump starts the rest of the season. Who knows? On to the discussion topics for the week. Two things that were pretty much brought up from last weekend's Blue Ridge Championship. Blue Ridge Championship, at least for the MPO field, had several elevated baskets. And 
they are highly controversial depending on who you ask. So, Cody, I'm asking you, what is your take on elevated baskets? They're fucking stupid. Okay. Can you elaborate on they're fucking stupid? Okay. Now, I'm going to preference this. If you have, like, a cool, like, step-up area with, like, a a mulch area or whatever, you know, an iconic-looking type of it's slightly elevated or whatever. It's Anyway, it's, if it looks iconic, if it's on the rocks, or like I've seen some, uh, I think last week there's, you know, there's some inside the rocks or some, you know, some iconic looking, right? Not, not as bad, not as bad. What I'm talking about is when for no reason at all, you get the, a whole regular hole. And then for some stupid fucking reason, somebody adds an extra fucking six foot to the damn hole. And I had to put straight up in the air. It's stupid. You know why? You know why that shit doesn't happen in Kansas? Because you tried pointing your disc nose up into a 30, 40 mile an hour headwind. I'm talking about we play on elevated baskets all the time. I know. And that's because it's fucking stupid. It's because we don't make the courses anymore. It's because there's too many freaking people that are able to move baskets and do whatever the hell they want to. I would not disagree with that. Yeah. But I, what I am going to disagree with is that I personally don't have a problem with elevated baskets. But we have the same premise of, in certain ways, elevated baskets do bring an aspect to the game that makes it better for competition. I agree with you that if you have a hole, let's take hole three at Oak, regardless of pin location, regardless of T location, mm-hmm. there's no OB around. There's no reason to have uh-huh. an elevated uh-huh. basket. Not at all. Stupid. But... Let's take hole 17 at the Memorial Championships at uh, Vista del Camino. It's a it's very sloped green, back to front, right to left. So now it forces you to make a shot. Oh, do, I, do I want to be left of the basket and low, or do I want to be high of the basket and right so I have more of a level putt? It changes the shot. It changes the thought process. If it does that, I think it. I think it's good. If it doesn't change the shot, if it doesn't change the thought process of the player, then, like you said, it's useless as pointless. They're just going to lay up. Like, mo- most of these guys, Ooh. besides, like, Emerson Keith, can, <laughs> can reach up and dunk it into the basket. So, if they are circle two, long circle two, circle three, so you're going to lay up and just, boop, dunk it in, it's done. Not always. Listen. Uh, so for example, my preferences for you, Oak hole 17, when it was on the side of that hill on an elevated oh, basket, stupid, stupid. Yeah. Cause now you are forced to li- to lay that putt up or you have the chance of going 90 feet plus down the hill. If you miss the putt What's and that? you can have a great shot and be 30 feet away. And now, you miss your putt, you're all the way down the hill. But that makes you think about your second so shot. So you slay up take three. Yeah. That's all you that's make, all it does. Make a better second shot. It be low with a pin. It wouldn't entice me at all. The the moment I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh cool. Lay up and I'm gonna take my three. Okay, I'm out of here. So just make a better second shot. The first I'm talking about the, your your first shot, you freaking parked it. You're like thirty feet away. You're in circle so one. You, so you didn't park it. it you, okay. For an amateur, parking it is like 30 feet. Your difference of parked and my difference. Park, You're being thinking parked of bullseye. Being, no, being parked and being parked is the same thing. You're right there. You don't have to think about a putt. You're parked. Uh-huh. You're in the circle. That's You're in the circle. You just threw 400 feet and you're 30 feet away. That's not parked. That's not parked. That is stupid. I've never heard someone say, hey, dude, you're parked at 30 feet. I've never once said that to somebody. Like, dude, you fucking just smushed if, that one. If someone said, hey, Nate, you're parked, I'm walking up to the basket thing and I got to tap in. Not that I might be 30 feet. Parked. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You are, you, it ruins, you're just going to, okay, if I'm not in circle one, I'm not going for it. You're just going you know, to lay it up, walk up to the basket and tap it in and go. Maybe. Maybe you're playing for the win. Maybe you have to have the birdie. Okay, then you're then you miss and you're gonna have a bogey and you're gonna lose. Okay, it's stupid. I don't think they're all stupid. Listen, is there a practice elevated basket? 
Not that I know of. No. Do they sell a practice practice elevated basket? Not that I know. No. Of. Can you make one? Yes. All of the baskets that are used for practice are straight in front of you. Bam, bam, bam. So I think we have different differing opinions on elevated baskets, but the same reasoning behind it. It's just dumb. Well, that's not the reason. Your opinion is that they're dumb, and then that if because you said unless it's used properly, like you have a walk up or some sort of that to me is completely different though. It's not. I think it's so. If it's used properly, it's okay. If, if it's, it's not cool, used properly, if it's, it's not cool. Then it's not so, dumb. So you're only saying if it's in the middle of a field and elevated, it's stupid. So you're saying as long as it's aesthetically pleasing, it's okay. Because you said as long as it looks cool, it's okay. Hmm. Okay. Anyways, let's you, just say this: <laughs> if there isn't a lady dancing on the elevated pole, then, you don't want to see it. Then I don't want to see it. <laughs> There's no one dancing on the six foot pole. I don't want it. Exactly. I think most of them are kind of like eight feet though. <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's just like okay, I have this whole field, and now I'm I'm like. In my circle one, I'm used to being, you know, I can put circle one putts to this basket. Now it's eight foot tall for no reason. But it's not every basket. Now, if it God, was every that basket, would that would be suck. Awful. It's just like, it's just like, have you ever been to a course where every basket for some reason is seated a foot, foot to a foot and a half lower? Yes. Than when that's almost even worse. Park City. Yeah, almost that's all almost, those baskets are about a foot and a half. That's almost lower even than worse than all baskets being high. I think we asked this before. Would you rather play on a course of all short baskets or all elevated baskets? I might choose elevated at that point. If you asked me, would you rather? Would you rather? I'd probably say elevated at that point because I've played on the short baskets, and they fucking suck because you. Sail. Either you sail over them or you try to make the adjustment and then you cage the shit out of them because you, you put it right down on the ground. That's yeah, stupid. I don't know. Elevated baskets used properly. It's just like I, I think I think we're okay. It's just like okay, hey, well, at our NBA stadium we have all the baskets at twelve feet tall. Sorry, you got to deal with it. Hey, I won't. I wouldn't mind that. Ten, <laughs> ten feet's getting boring. Or hey, our basket's ten foot, but your basket's twelve. Yeah, as long as my basket's ten foot. <laughs> yeah, it's just there should be a standard. Mm, I think it get too boring. I think variation is what now makes disc golf now, interesting. A hanging basket's kind of cool. We've we've played on those before. I find hanging, but that's basket. more aesthetic. Like you're not like that's cool because it adds extra challenges to the freaking game, man. No, it's cool because you're like that's kind of cool. Uh, I haven't played something like that before. You know, uh, that's cool for the eyes. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. But you're not going like, oh yeah, we're really thinking about should I land to the right or should I land to the left? No one cares. No one cares. I think hanging baskets are worse than elevated baskets. Especially from a competition standpoint. Well, you don't play competition. They do. On those. They they mm. play one on a pro 50, tour 50. that's a hanging basket. <laughs> and then they have to sit there and wait for the basket to stop swinging so they can damn putt. Second discussion that, topic. That in a big tournament would be stupid. Yeah. Ungodly amounts of OB. So we talked about it in Blue Ridge. Just OB everywhere. Really what made the course play as hard as it did is just OB, OB, OB. The one thing I liked that what they did at Blue Ridge, especially on hole one, and what I think that we need to do at Clap East on hole 15, is they made... Provide. <clears throat> what? Sorry, I was going to let an intrusive thought come through, and I was going to say provide a uh, toaster in a bathtub on the tee pad so that you could just end yourself before playing the hole. But what they did at Blue Ridge for hole one is basically if you didn't make, quote unquote, the island, instead of playing it as an OB stroke and reteeing or go to a drop zone, they played it at a hazard. You played where it lied, one stroke penalty. I think that that was a new idea. I think they kind of overused that a little bit. 
because they had just some weird OBs, especially on hole three. But I think on certain holes, that approach would make the game a little bit more interesting and especially speed up pace of play. Like I just brought up hole 15 at Clap East. You know, two sidewalks play OB the entire length of the fairway and your landing zone on the green is, you know, 12 feet to the left in your OB, 14 feet to the right in your OB. The OB circle inside is the circle. still OB. Yeah, the circle is OB. Stupid. Now, I get call in this case, at, at Clap East, hole 15, calling a left side OB is you have to because that's a walking area for from hole to hole, from hole 8 to hole 9. But having OB on the right side, stupid. It gives a bailout zone. Call it hazard and still let us play the big hyzer hey, and let I'm, us make a putt for three. So using this as an example, and uh, most listeners that aren't from Wichita, Kansas, will not know exactly. There's a sidewalk basically like 15 to 20 feet to the left and about the same to the right. And then there's a line of trees. Basically, you can go right up the gut and throw one of the straightest shots of all time. Downhill and then back uphill. With 20 to 30 mile an hour winds. Or you could bail it to the right where there's an open field and there's a nice gap between two trees. You just push it hyzer. And the any slash flick line really isn't there unless you throw some weird ass turnover that turns into a roller and mm. lands right underneath the basket. Works every time. So, so what Nate's saying is, is they completely eliminate the bailout hyzer. You're basically forced to throw up the gut. And even if you choose to make that choice, like right off the gut, the, the correct line you should play, you can still very easily kick off a tree and get shot instantly OB. So now you're shooting a still like 200 foot shot through a small gap, or you can try to push uh, the hyzer line and hope you get a that skip. somehow you skip. Especially now. And it just makes it almost impossible. Like I think today there was one, two, which was stupid and should have never worked. And I think that's it. I think, oh yeah. I don't even have to go back and look at, the holes and i know that was the only i two. think that might have been the only two on the day listening to some of the the pros that I know, walked I in know after it was us. the only two on the yeah day. i've only that is the second two i've seen on that hole it's ridiculous that's not the second two i've seen on that hole because oh, back before right. yeah they didn't have that ob like that that is, let me say it this way that is the second two i've seen on that hole where it was actually inbounds yeah between the sidewalks yeah now I have a problem with it because I have a problem with holes where par is good. Par makes you feel like you're do like you're getting strokes. I just I have a problem where you're gonna have you hate more, the hard threes. I don't have a problem with hard threes as much as I have a problem with a hole that is you're gonna see more bogeys and double bogeys than you will pars. Yeah, because. I guess hole 15 in specific, you're really not going to double bogey unless you go OB OB. As a, at, yeah, I, and that's, I did you that tried. today. You didn't go OB twice. Oh, you're right. But you I tried. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried really hard. Uh, but as an amateur, I feel like that is the least enticing hole because it, you, it basically cuts off the safety valve for amateurs. And then it's like, hey, you have to take the, one of the most difficult shots you're probably going to have in your bag as an amateur. Yeah, the hardest the hardest shot in disc golf is the straight shot. Yeah. Which, you know, in tournament play, I don't mind it because I play a lot of par golf anyways. But when it, when I don't have to think about a shot, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and take a mid-range, and then I'm going to take a putter, and then I'm going to tap in for my three. Boring! Yeah, and the worst part about it was, is my discs today, I threw all hyzer and was really trying to get a skip. I was like 20 feet from the basket. OB. OB. And I had to take it back like 100 
and tw- 120 feet back just to take my upshot. And it just ruined that hole for me. Another just terrible OB that I hate. And I'm going to have to play it next weekend on Country Club. It's hole one, the 1,200-foot par five. <laughs> they don't give us the whole fairway to the cart path. It what? is That cart since path? When? Since last year. They, they now brought in that OB about 15 or 20 feet to the rough. That's stupid. Off the cart path. That's dumb. So I'm like. Why would they do that? There's a defined line on the cart path. Yeah. Why would you change it? They wanted to tighten it up for the pros. And I thought when they sent out the the caddy bucks, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to give us the cart path. Nope. The way it reads on the caddy book, they're going to draw a line all the way up the fairway now on I'm that even, rough line. Now I'm even more excited I didn't play. Yeah. I Advanced. I just, I have a problem with OBs like that. There's still time. Just drop on down. <laughs> no, I'm going to torture myself. If I'm if I'm going to pay two hundred dollars to torture myself, I'm going to torture myself right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. I, that's okay. I've always thought that there's a defined line. Just, what are you doing putting a ob like ten feet, twenty feet in? That's so stupid. Yeah. That's not the only case of that. Uh, if there's obviously a line, a drop, especially a drop off from a a creek or a river or something where you know that that's like, oh, that just dropped off. And they put the OB line like a foot or like two feet, three feet inside of that actual line that you'd see on the river instead of just like painting the white line around the edge. Right. Or, for example, um, when on tour, when they have those fucking T signs or oh, those, those. Yeah, the uh, band. The, the ba- Around like the back edge circle yeah. or whatever. And then they put the line in or the string them. in front of them. It's like, That's so stupid. why would you even have that there if you are planning on making it OB? And they, they changed that this year for Waco. Last year, the OB line was in front on hole one, was in front of those signs, and people were rolling OB. This year, they put them as the actual OB line. Good. Yeah, because I'm with you. That is probably the stupidest thing a, a tournament director can do is draw an OB line and then put basically disc stops behind it. Like, why the fuck are you putting them here? Yeah. <laughs> They're not doing anything. Put them in front so I stay in bounds. Yeah. Just, uh, but I'm not against OB lines, though. I'm against I'm against OB dumb OB lines. Yeah. Uh, I think, it's, uh, actually, you know what? I take that back. I'm against OB lines for me. Oh. Uh, I, I, amateurs and like, OB lines for thee, but no OB lines for me. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> I don't have all the tricks. Like, like I said, what we talked about with the hole from earlier. I don't have all the tricks in the book. I don't have an Anheuser to roller freaking money monster shot to get to the hole. I don't have that. I don't have that uh, slow uh, and turnover to. Fade right to glance straight 350 feet. I don't have that. So for amateurs, it's hard when there's so much more bees, and then you're just like, uh, I played just a solid play round. Yeah. I played a solid yeah. round except for one hole. And that one hole completely ruined my entire round. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I feel bad for amateurs. Pros. Fuck and, and that we talked about it last week. We like to see these like, you they don't best pro for the day shot minus six. You know, we like to see that. Yeah. We like to see for the tournament three rounds in, it's negative 18, 19. That's it, it just you have to make a harder shot because you're a pro. Yeah, if you're if you're playing on a championship level course, it should have championship level OBs. GBO, we're, what we're playing next weekend. Yes, we're playing on a championship level course because it's the same course they play for DDO on the pro tour. But it's an AM only event. Make the course for amateurs. Open up the OBs just a little bit. Give us some breathing room, damn it. Well, technically, y'all, there would be some pros you guys are playing against. <laughs> potato, potato, shishmato, shishmato. But, like you said, um, you want to see pros shooting lower. We don't want to see these, even though it's cool to see a minus 18. I don't want to see birdies. I don't want to see that. Which is another reason why, like, back when GBO was cool and was called gbo and on the tour event and they played four different courses oh yeah in in four days that was fucking cool but until pros 
start getting bitchy. Like, we don't have time to practice. We need time to practice and blah, blah, blah. Be a pro. Shut up. Be a pro. Make the shots. That's what you get paid for. Yeah. I don't get paid for this. I just show up and throw plastic. Other than that, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the week. You got anything else to add? Nope. Hopefully the, the good guys get another point this week, and uh, I'm up two, two to one. one. Thanks a lot. Three to one. Uh, next week, a little bit different recording day. We're going to record Wednesday night and probably drop it Wednesday night. And prepare for a shit show. Yes. Because both, not only is co-host Nate going to be going to be drinking a few beers, but host Cody is going to be cracking a cold one for the first time on the podcast. Back on the wagon with the boys. Be prepared. Oh, I think. Okay. For the buzz. The buzz. Other than that, we'll see you next week. As always, like, follow, subscribe on the Twitter and or Facebook at Party Card Sports. We'll see you next week.